You turn in your Bibles to Luke 22. I'm reading verses 31 and 32. Thank you, Pastor Gaddy, for this privilege, the privilege of speaking to the young ladies this weekend. Sister Gaddy, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. We love you. The leadership of this church, we give you honor. The music, I'm always wowed by these singers and this music. If the Lord had given me that, I would be no good at all. I, w- I would just sit and sing all day long if I could sing like that. It has been wonderful. I was a little nervous about the fact the Lord required this message of me today because it's Palm Sunday. And, and I would like to just talk to you about Jesus riding in and, and all of us waving our palm branches. But my husband reminded me every day is Palm Sunday for us who know the Lord. We worship him and welcome him every day. But the Lord, knowing my personality, reminded me that the message he gave me today is in chronological order. Because this portion in Luke chapter 22 comes right after he rode in on that cult and they worshipped him. The very next chapter deals with his arrest and goes right into the cross. So my message today is sandwiched between that. What was happening when he broke bread with his disciples, communion as we know it now, the very last time before his death. They were around that table. They were talking and chatting. They took the bread and the wine. And then he looked at Simon, and it was after, I think the Lord might have been reminded just how fleshly we all are. Because of all things sitting around that table, they start talking about who's the greatest. Well, I, I, I really think the Lord loves me the most. I think I'm the greatest. So human. And the Lord had to straighten them all out, as he always does all of us. And in verse 31, he looked at Simon Peter, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you Simon's reply was, oh, no, Lord, not me. I mean, I would would do anything for you. I'm ready to go with you to prison or to death. But the Lord knew what was getting ready to happen. And he said, Peter... Before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. Peter couldn't imagine if somebody told you you were going to deny the Lord. You'd say, no, I love the Lord. I'm not going to deny him. But here we have it. A warning. Simon, you better watch it. Because Satan wants you. He doesn't want you to go to heaven, saints, children, young adults. He wants you. He wants you to go to hell with him. Scripture. So this scripture applies to all of us today. Satan hath desired to have you, but. (laughs) But see, we prayed and we worshiped and we continue our prayer and we continue praying for one another. Why? Because I don't want your faith to fail. 
pray for me. I don't want my faith to fail in this last hour when things are a wreck in our world. I got to hold on. No matter what it looks like around us, we've got to hold on. We've got to have faith. The Lord's going to see us through. He's coming. He could come today before dinner. This could be the last service before Jesus comes. How would you respond to the word today if you knew this was it? Oh, my. We wouldn't be worried about dinner or the crock pot. Mm -mm. And today, for your hearing, oh, we're going to have fun. I love this story I'm getting ready to tell you. The name of the message is Get Off of the Devil's Ferris Wheel. Get off of the devil's Ferris wheel. And you may be seated. This message is for every age in this building. I'm going to tell you a true story, something that happened to me. I was five years old. So a lot of your memories at five can be a little fuzzy when you're older. And when I was praying and asking the Lord about what happened to me, I had to even make a few phone calls to verify the details. And the Lord began to bring back with clarity that day and that story so that it would become a message to help other people. It's a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I have told you before, growing up, I was every teacher's nightmare. I sat in the hall at school more than I was in the classroom in the grade school because I wouldn't stop talking. I had so much to say, and, and, and people wanted to listen, but the teacher didn't want to listen. When I was in Sunday school, I was the teacher's nightmare because I couldn't sit still, and I had a lot to say. So take heart parents and grandparents of wiggly children. I had attention deficit disorder with hyperactivity before they knew what it was. <laughs> they didn't have pills. And so being a little wiggly, fidgety five-year-old girl that was given as a surprise, <laughs> total surprise, to a dad who was 48 and a mother who was 41. They did not want any more children, and surprise, there I was. <laughs> and very, very active. I set that stage because it's important to the story to know that my dad sat on the side of my bed on a Saturday morning and he said, get up and get ready. Come have some breakfast because today you and I are going to spend the day together. Just me and you, dad. I was always happy when my sisters didn't go. <laughs> they, were, they were six years older than me and 12 years older than me. And, and the, the one that was six years older than me really did not want me. She, she did not want me. And, and so it was going to be a special day. The, the sisters were going with my mom, and I was going with my dad. That never happened. Dad worked two, two jobs to let mom stay home with us kids, and we didn't see him a lot. A lot of times, mom would let us stay up till 10 o'clock at night after he got away from the filling station, running a wrecker, and he would come in, and we got to kiss him goodnight. So this was indeed special. I got already chattering all the way, and we get in the car, and, and, and that was the day where you stood up in the middle of the front seat. Anybody remember that? 
And, and if you got tired, you crawled up in the back where the carpet was and all the dead flies. And you took a nap. Oh, those were the best naps with the sun beating in on that carpet. <laughs> we drank out of the garden hose. Mom didn't want us to get the floor dirty, so once you got out there, you had to stay out. You came in, you're staying in. So we drank out of the garden hose. We lived <laughs> to tell about it all. Here we are. The good old days. <laughs> I'm standing in the middle of the front seat. I got my arm around my dad's neck. I'm talking right in his ear. Where are we going? What are we going to do, Dad? Just give me a hint. Just tell me something. And, and I'm just chattering, and Dad's just nice and quiet, and he drives into a parking lot where I realize immediately what's happening. We are going to a fair. I had never been. I'd never been on a Ferris wheel. I, I was so excited. That was the first thing I saw was that big Ferris wheel up in the sky going around and around. Dad, I want to do that first, okay? I'm so happy. Thank you, Dad, for bringing me here. I'm going to ride that first. Dad's not saying anything. I get out of the car and he forgets to tell me to wait. I take off running. I run in the gate. I run straight to the Ferris wheel and I get in line. My dad is so perturbed. He's, now at this point, he's 52. He's trying to keep up with a five-year-old. He finally gets to me and I, come on, dad, hurry. I've already got people lining up behind me. I, you know, I'm saving the place in line. I'm very valuable to have around. I got the place right here in line. Dad, we're going to ride that. I want to get on the red car, okay? And dad's not happy. He, come, he grabs my little hand. He said, don't do that. Don't run away from me. Something could happen to you. Stay right beside me. Don't get ahead of the Lord. Walk with him. Stay right beside him. He took me by my little chubby hand and he said, come with me. We're walking away from the rides. I don't, I don't want to walk away from the rides. We came in here, we came right to the rides, but dad's walking me away because he's taking me over away from the rides and the, and the gift tables and all the, the fun games to a little white house. There's a man in there in a window. He looks like he hates children. <laughs> I don't want to go see the man that hates children. Why, why are we in this line? And, and it's a big, long line. I don't, I don't want to wait in this big long line. I don't want to do this. And dad's not talking. And we just make our way to the ticket booth. We get right up there at the ticket booth. And that man that I thought hated children because he wasn't smiling had a big smile on his face. He asked my dad how... May I help you, sir? I can barely see up over the counter, but I'm watching that man. My dad takes out his wallet, and he takes out some cash, and he lays it on the counter, and he says, give me as many tickets as I can get for this amount. Because that's how you bought things back in the day. $2 worth of candy. <laughs> and the man took out something I'd never seen before. It was a round round roll and he began to to pull off these little tickets he pulled off a big long strand and he broke them off and he handed them through the window to my dad and I snatched them I didn't hold them my dad said give me those tickets he began to fold those tickets up very carefully and he stuck them in his shirt pocket right by his heart 
thought that was so strange. What's so important about that? Why won't dad let me hold him? Dad smiled at me and said, now, come on, let's go ride. Okay, well, that wasn't so hard after all. Now we can ride. Okay, let's go, let's go to the Ferris wheel. Okay, Dad? We went right back to the Ferris wheel, and we got in line, and the line was long. And it was very hard for me to stay in that line because I wanted to get something to drink, and I wanted a corn dog, and I wanted to play games too. And my dad kept reminding me, no, if you're going to ride, you got to stay in line. The world's very distracting. But you got to have a ticket and you got to stay in line. We're in line and dad keeps reminding me if we get out of line, you know, it, it, it might take off and we won't be there. We stay in that line and it moves so slowly, but we finally get up there and it's almost our turn. And my dad said, now that little seat is going to come up behind us and I'm going to lift you up on that little seat because you're too short to get there, up there yourself. And I'm going to help you get on there. Okay. Okay, daddy. I'm so excited. And we step up on that mat and the, it's getting ready to come around, but something happened first. A man walked up and he put his hand out. I was raised in church. I thought my dad was going to say, praise the Lord. The man said, may I have your ticket, please? In that moment, I realized the value of the ticket. Because you're not going to ride without a ticket. You're not going to heaven without a ticket. You've got to make your way to the ticket booth. We call it the altar. Some people think the scary man named Jesus, might not want to give you a ticket because he knows everything bad you've ever done. Some people might think he doesn't like you or he's mad at you. But you see, those are all lies the devil tells you to try to keep you from walking to the ticket booth. Some people think, well, I don't have enough good things in my life to pay for a ticket to heaven. Listen, I didn't have to give anything because my dad took out his wallet and he laid it on the counter and he paid for my ticket. And you've got a savior that went to an old rugged cross. He took out everything he had and laid it down so you could have a ticket for heaven. Quit making it so hard. He did the hard part. It wouldn't have helped if I'd have walked up there and said, now, no, I, I, don't, I don't have a ticket, but my dad does. You're not going to heaven because your dad and mom are going. Well, but, but, but I don't have a ticket, but I'm a very good little girl. I never lie or cuss. So uh, I'm very good. Get out of line and get a ticket. Just because you're sitting there all dressed up and you come every week doesn't mean you have a ticket. You know why dad put them in his shirt pocket next to his heart? Because he didn't want me to lose them or drop them on the ground. Some people got their ticket a long time ago, but they don't even know where it is. They haven't prayed through for so long. They hadn't talked in tongues for so long. They're not even sure where their ticket is. Better make your way to an altar. Make sure you got your ticket because you're not taking that heavenly ride without a ticket. Why do we make it so hard? All you have to do today when you come to this altar, you, I'm, I'm going to make it real easy. It'll never be easier than it's going to be today. 
There'll be a little bit of music playing. And then you'll come out of your seat. And, and you might not want to come to the ticket booth. But you know you got to get a ticket. So you're going to come anyway. And, and you'll just line up right here. I'm going to say the people that want a ticket, just line up right here. Men, women, and children. And, and you're going to do that. And then what you're going to do is close your eyes and lift your face and raise your hands. And we're all going to do it with you. And to get a ticket, you have to tell the Lord, I'm going to live for you. I'm sorry for my sins. I want to make heaven. Please forgive me, Jesus. Can you hand me those hearts right there? And in that moment, when you say, Jesus, I am so sorry for my sins, what you're doing is you're bringing your heart to Jesus. You didn't think I was going to come without my hearts, did you? <laughs> It's a visual. You bring this heart to Jesus because that's the only thing he wants. Only thing he collects, he has a collection of them. Broken ones, dirty ones, battered ones, shattered ones, bruised ones, filthy ones. He has a collection. <laughs> and he wants yours. And you bring it to him. And while your hands are lifted, you don't realize it, but you're just, you're extending it. Here I am, Jesus. However you want to word it, you can't do it wrong. Doesn't take a long time. You might cry tears. It's okay. Even big, strong men cry when they pray. Let those tears roll down your cheeks. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Please forgive me. And in that moment, you find out he's not like everybody else. He won't go in there until you invite him. He's a perfect gentleman. The moment you repent, you say you're sorry, you turn away from your sinful life. In that moment, you realize he doesn't look in there. I used to tell kids years ago, and Jesus looks in there, and the Lord chastised me. He said, quit telling children that I look in there. I don't look in there. I already know what's in there. You know why? Because we're all born with a heart that looks like this. The Bible says we're born in sin and shapen in iniquity. When you're little tiny babies, when you're still naked and you're going, Wah! your heart looks like this. Wise God to start us all out on the same page so we couldn't compare. We just add stuff to it. You can't go to heaven with a dirty heart. But the moment you come, you, you find out he's, he's not judgmental. He's not, he's not that man in the ticket booth that hates children. And no, he, lo he loves me. He died for me. In that moment, you realize other people might say, you mean you did all that? You better cry some more. Not Jesus. No judgment. Uh-uh, no condemnation here. He's so happy that you brought him your heart. And in that moment, you ask him with one sweep of his hand. He cleans out your heart. It feels so wonderful to be clean. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, my, that made a mess. Sorry, Pastor. Sin makes a mess. I've never seen sin touch a life that it didn't make a mess. The longer you stay in sin, the messier it gets. But you let this pastor do what the Bible tells you to do and take you to the water over there. The only way anybody was ever baptized was going down under the water and back up in Jesus' name. Well, people baptize other ways. Yeah, because they got deceived. Because they just did it because their family said that was the way. Because they wanted to make it simple and do away with a messy tank. That's all in history. You can read it. Fact.
This is the only way anybody was ever baptized in the Bible. So quit grappling with it. Just get it done. Because Satan wants to devour you. What thought is it that has you going around and around on that Ferris wheel and you can't get off? Was it because it's not the way mama did it or grandma did it? You know what? You leave them in the hands of a very just and loving God. They may not have known, but you know. Do it for yourself and the generations to come. Amen. You're not sure how you were baptized? Don't take it for granted. Be rebaptized. You need to hear that pastor say in Jesus' name. I'm telling you how to get a ticket. You want to ride, don't you? You got to have a ticket. Jesus takes away this old stony heart, the Bible says. And right while you're thanking him, you may not even be thinking about the Holy Ghost, but you're just thanking him. Thank you, Lord, that you cleaned out my heart. I feel so clean. I feel so good. Thank you, Lord, that you not only forgave me, but you forgot about everything I've ever done. And that's scripture. People don't forget. He does. And in that moment, while your hand's open, he hands you the gift. The gift of a new heart. The gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible calls it the Holy Spirit. The Spirit living inside of us. And right while you're thanking him, all of a sudden you'll feel it. He will begin to fill your heart. And when he fills you, he doesn't stop pouring at the top of your heart. He keeps filling and filling and filling and filling and filling until it gets right up here. Then strange words come to your mind. When those strange words come, you've got to push logic out. You don't think about them. Listen, you can't do it wrong. You can't do it wrong. Those words pop in your head and the devil says you're making them up. You remember, he wants to sift you as wheat. When the devil says it's, that's too easy, that couldn't be the Holy Ghost, that's the devil. He doesn't want you to go to heaven because he can't go. You open your mouth and you move your lips and your teeth and tongue and you speak those words right out. You can't do it wrong. And in that moment, you will realize, this is what they've been telling me about. This is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus moved in my heart. Hallelujah. I just told you how to get a ticket. Why wouldn't you want one? Because we're getting ready to go up. Don't be left behind because you were too busy getting out out of here for dinner. Because you were going to wait till another Sunday. Because you were going to wait till somebody was here to see you be baptized. Don't wait. That's a warning. Because we're in line. (laughs) We are in line. It's about ready to happen. (laughs) We step up on that little seat, that little mat. The man takes our tickets and my dad lifts me up and helps me. We got to help people. My dad helped me on there. And before we took off the Most wonderful thing happened because I had no fear. I'm sitting up on the edge of that seat. I'm I'm just a tiny little five-year-old, and I'm trying to rock it. (laughs) My dad says, sit back. Stop rocking it. And a gentleman comes, and he takes something that's over my head, and he reaches down and clanks it in place. A security bar. 
My dad takes my little hands and puts them on that bar. He pushes me all the way back against the back of the seat, and I'm holding on to that little bar. And then my dad puts his arm around me and his hand over top of my little hands. He said, You're, you don't know the danger. You could fall out. You could slip out underneath the bar. That's why you got to sit back. Oh, it just seems like parents want to ruin all the fun. No, we have people in our life, men of God, our pastor, who says, wait a minute, i got to talk to you about the security bar. There's some things in the word that are going to help you get to heaven if you'll do them. There are things that we can't do because they'll keep us out of heaven. Don't despise the word of the Lord. You've got a pastor that's going to teach you what's in here. Nothing more, nothing less. What's in here? Be thankful for that. Don't disobey. That's a security bar. You're going to ride. You need to obey the rules. Or you won't get there. I'm settled back in the seat. I got daddy's hand over top of mine. Security. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. He'll always be with you. Doesn't matter what you go through. He's there. He's holding your hand. And that thing takes up off the ground. Oh, wow, nothing could pre have prepared me for how fun it was. Just me and my dad together. That's how it is. Just you and Jesus walking together, living life together. Nothing could have prepared me for that thrill of getting up there real, real high and looking down and realizing I don't belong in this world. I, I, I don't fit in down there. I fit in right here with Jesus. Oh, nothing can prepare you for how great it's going to be when you walk with the Lord. Lord, <laughs> don't miss out walking with the Lord the rest of your days. My dad was laughing. I was laughing. We were, we were going around and around and around. You know, you're never closer to God than when you're in line for that roller coaster. And you get on there and you've waited two and a half hours. And the hill is so far up you can hardly even see it in the sky. And you, you do the flips and dips and flips and round and backwards. And you've got bars on your shoulders and bars across you and bars here. And, 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 and it's jerking. It's breaking your neck. It just feels so good. When your stomach, your stomach comes up in your mouth and you swallow it back down. But, but you're never closer to God. Because when you're sitting on that top of that hill and you're looking down... You're realizing this was not wise. You repent of everything you've ever done. You know it's the truth, including ever getting on this crazy thing. I have heard grown men scream, Mama! If we could just get people to ride a roller coaster once a week. That was awesome. That was the feeling, just euphoria. It was so great. But you see, there's that little thing nagging in the back of your mind. You know, you get on a ride and you're grinning real big and you're all excited. You waited two and a half hours for a two-minute ride and you're going to ride it again. But there's something nagging. You kind of check out the bolts. Cables. Wonder who inspected this. Hope it wasn't that guy that put us on here. Oh, yeah. You don't want to hear the snapping of cables. The slipping of bolts when you're on a ride. That's not what we heard that day. 
There is one other thing you do not want to hear when you're on a ride. See, some people can't ride rides. I heard one of you shout out, not me. You know, usually people find out they can't ride rides. Because some people, when their stomach comes up in their mouth, it doesn't go back where it belongs. <laughs> we hear this awful sound. I'm going to try to be very gentle. As gentle as I can be. We hear this awful sound. You should only hear this sound in the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> and of course, when a sound comes, everybody looks towards the sound. We're going around and around. We're laughing. We're having a great time. And all of a sudden, there's that awful sound. <laughs> and we both look up. <laughs> and right above us, strategically placed, is a grandmother and her little granddaughter. <laughs> and she just found out that her granddaughter can't ride rides. <laughs> and here it comes. <laughs> and my pigtail, my little pink ribbon. <laughs> All down the front of my little white t-shirt. And all over my dad's hairy arm. We're flying through the air, going around and around. Everything's going great. We're having the time of our lives when suddenly everything changes in a moment. Kind of like life. One phone call. One doctor visit. One test result. One betrayal. One policeman call. Etc. And everything changes. In that moment, I realized what was happening and I began to scream. The initial reaction, scream. My dad was there and my dad realized that it was almost more than a little five-year-old girl could handle. And my dad said, now, baby, it's going to be all right. I'm here. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you cleaned up. My dad took out his big bandana handkerchief and he shook it out and he began to wipe off my face. Wipe off my little shirt. He wiped out my pigtail. He washed off his arm a little bit. But here we were on that Ferris wheel going around and around and around with somebody else's yuck all over us. I'm here to tell somebody today, you may already have your ticket. But the Lord specifically told me, don't you leave that part out where you have not yet learned that you must you must, in order to make heaven, forgive others. And you may have your past, the yuck of a divorce, the yuck of somebody that said, I'll love you forever, and they betrayed you, the yuck of a, uh, of a parent that didn't know how to be a good parent, they abused you, the yuck of somebody that molested you. You may have all kinds of trauma in your life, or maybe it's just simply something that happened yesterday. But I'm here to tell you today that if you will allow the Lord to begin to clean you up, if you'll come to an altar today, either side of the middle here is going to be open for those who want to lift up their palms and say, you know what? I forgive those who hurt me. I don't want to carry this anymore. I don't want to go around and around in life. Jesus right there by my side. But yet I still have somebody's yuck on me.
forgiveness. You must forgive yourself. Some of you are going around and around and you still are repenting of something you did many years ago because you've never forgiven yourself. The Lord doesn't even know what you're talking about when you pray about it because he chose to forget about it. You keep bringing it up and he, he's scratching his head. What are they talking about? I don't know what they're talking about. I forgave them. You know what you're saying when you won't forgive yourself? You're saying Calvary wasn't enough. That the blood he shed wasn't quite enough. It's time to get in this altar today and say, I forgive myself. I'm going to live victorious the rest of my days. And Lord, there's some stuff that I've been really mad at you about. And I realized today you were beside me. You were holding my hand, your big hand over top of mine. You were with me. You were cleaning me up. You weren't the one that caused it. It was sin that caused it. And God, I forgive you. Get the yuck off of you. We're going around and around, and I'm, I'm now just crying softly. I got a little bit of hope. Dad's comforting me. And we're at one more time around. They're, they're stopping it slowly, and they're letting people out. People are getting off and walking off into the midway. And here we are, and we watch the little girl and her grandmother, the little girl who got sick. She didn't know she got sick on rides. Grandmother who didn't know she shouldn't feed her chili dogs. Just swallow hard. You'll be okay. <laughs> I watch their, 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 their little seat comes down and, and they get off. And grandmother has her arm around her little granddaughter. And the little granddaughter's crying. And she's holding her tummy. And they're walking off. Off into the midway. Now wouldn't that have been a dumb thing? If I'd have said, I hate that little girl. I'm never ever going to speak to her. I'm not going to go to the family reunion because she's going to be there. She put her yuck on me. Listen, hurting people hurt other people. Those people that hurt you, in case you didn't get it the first time around, those people that hurt you, they didn't know how to be a good parent. They didn't know how to treat you right. They were hurting people. The world's full of hurting people. This is the place where we say, come to the Lord, run into his arms. He'll heal your hurt. But we got to be healed first. You got to live it by example. People have to come here and see people set free, shouting, worshiping with freedom in their spirit because there's no more yuck. Some people here today are going around and around and around with people they'll never want to look at, they'll never want to speak to. And you're wonderful people. You're people that love God, that pay your tithe, you're faithful, but you're still hurting. It's our turn to get off. I'm so happy. I wonder if somebody would just come all by yourself to the keyboard and play softly and give these people hope. Then the rest of you can come in a little bit. We're going to get off, Dad. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get off. We're next, baby. Our seat comes around to that red mat, and, and I'm ready. I got I to gotta, I gotta go get this stuff off of me. I'm ready. I, and the seat comes around, and the most awful thing happens. The man's got his back to us. And the seat goes back up. 
We, we don't know what's happening at first. My dad said, oh, well, there must have been one more. They, they, he just skipped us. There just must be one more behind us. You can't see in every single seat. You know, you look for feet dangling. We don't see any feet, but there must be somebody else. So we, we don't react at first, and, and, and we, we wait because we're going to come back around. But then the thing stops one seat from the top. It stops. And we both look down, and this man has a wad of keys. And he walks over to the box and he locks it. And he walks off into the sunset. Now my dad's screaming. Help! Help! You left us up here! Come back! We're both screaming at the top of our lungs. Sitting with somebody's yuck on us. One seat from the top. After we scream until we can't scream anymore, we're hoarse. Wondering why is anybody isn't reacting down there. We're giving it our very best and nobody notices. You know why? Because down there in the world, this is what they're doing. Step right up, three balls for five dollars. Get in the hoop, win the big one. Popcorn, candy corn. I, do, I practice that in case I don't preach anymore. I can, I can go work for the fair. <laughs> what they're doing is they're having fun. They're enjoying their only life. <laughs> Where there's ever going to be any fun. They're self-medicating. It looks like it's, it's so enjoyable. Until the crash and burn comes at the end of the day. And they go sit in a psychiatrist's office and pay a lot of money. Now, I'm not against counseling. I, I've been to a counselor. They got me all straightened out. <laughs> but you know what? You're paying somebody to listen to you. That's what they do. They'll tell you that. You're paying somebody to ask you the right questions. So you come up with the right answers. It's very helpful. But the Bible says he's the wonderful counselor. A lot of times all it takes is a real good prayer meeting. He's the best listener of all. But it's the last thing we choose to do. People are self-medicating. doesn't take away the yuck of their life. It happens right here when you forgive. When you start your life over. When you're Baptized in Jesus' name when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There we sit. A little car blowing in the breeze. I asked my mom, Mom, how long were Daddy and I up there? Because my dad's already passed and, and I couldn't ask him. I asked Mom. She said, well, Dad said somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes. When you came home, your little face was so sunburnt. I'm sitting up there with my dad, and I'm, I'm just thinking how oh, this day's ruined. There's, this is the worst day. It was supposed to be me and my dad. And I, Dad's got all those tickets, and, and here we are. I want to ride all the things, and the Tilt-A-Whirl, and the Spider, and here I am. But Dad was with me. That's the main thing. We're going to go through some stuff. But he's going to be with you. didn't take very long, it seemed like, till Dad... Looked around and he said, I got an idea. I'm going to get you down from here. 
I said, how, how are you going to do it, Dad? He said, you see that Ferris wheel, it has bars. They were crisscrossed like this, the support beams on that thing. He said, I'm going to scoot all the way over to the end of the seat. And I'm going to swing my body over on those bars. They're kind of like a ladder. I said, no, don't leave me. You can't leave me up here. He said, oh, no, baby. I would never leave you. Just listen to daddy. And I'm going to hold on to those bars with one hand. My feet are going to be right there. That, that one right beside our car. You see it? My feet are going to be right there. And I'm going to be holding on. And you're going to scoot all the way over to the end of the seat. And you're going to stand up. Now remember, it's going to move. But this other hand, I'm going to have it on you the whole time. I'm not going to let you fall. I pray for you today that your faith fail not. Let's not let each other fall. You pray for me and I'm going to pray for you. I was so scared. But I scooted all the way to the end of that seat. And I stood up. This is the part of the memory it came back so clear when the Lord began to remind me. I held on to the sides of that car and it was rocking back and forth and the ground was so far away. And my dad said, swing your little body over against mine. Put your arms around my neck and just grab my t-shirt wadded up in your hands. Throw, throw your little legs around daddy's waist. And lay your head right on daddy's chest. And I want you to close your eyes. I can't tell you the times in life that my heavenly father has held, held me in that same position with my eyes closed. Wondering if I would make it, if I would survive this current trial, if there's any way possible I could get through this. But I trusted. Just like that day, I trusted my daddy. I could feel his heart beating, I could feel him breathing heavily, the panting, the exertion as he climbed down. The support beams of that Ferris wheel. And our feet hit the ground. He threw his arms around me and I buried it into his chest and we cried together. <laughs> I believe there are times when things are so traumatic in our life. That it is a picture of the Lord with his arms around us and he's weeping with us. Sometimes it's things we brought on ourselves. He still weeps with you. He's not mad at you. And sometimes it's what others do. But he weeps with you. He doesn't leave you alone. He carries you. 
when our feet hit the ground, Dad said, now what we're going to do, we're going to go over here to this, this, this table. See, the restrooms are over there, and we're going to go to this table, and you know, where they sell things. Oh, I was never allowed to go to those things. They had, they had light up magic wands for $15. That broke before you got them home. So they weren't allowed to buy that stuff. But Dad took me to that table, and, and just as I was picking out my magic wand, he said, I want you to pick out a shirt, a size five. He told the lady, if you'll help us, she needs a size five. I picked out a, a pink Mickey Mouse shirt. My dad said, now listen here, we're going to go over here to the restrooms. He said, I want you to go in there and, and I want you to put your pigtail down in the sink and wash it out. And I want you to take soap and wash your face. Get the paper towels, wash your face and, and wash off your hands and your arms. Then I want you to go in the stall and you lock the door and, and you take off that, that nasty shirt. And you put on your new garment. Your new shirt. But, I, but I'm going to keep this one, right? Because... That's my favorite one. I wore my favorite shirt today, Dad. So do you have a bag I could put it in? Mom can wash it, right? No! You throw the old garment away. Some of you are struggling because you still want to wear your old garment. Let this pastor take you to the water and go down in Jesus' name. You come out of there with a new garment on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I did exactly what he told me when I came out. I was grinning with a dripping pigtail. My little Mickey, Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse pink t-shirt. Kids are so resilient. Dad's got his hands and arms all cleaned up. Dad, remember we got all those tickets. You think they'll get that cleaned up so we can ride it again? Oh, to be so resilient when things come our way. I'm going to ride the Tilda World, and I need a corn dog. You said I could get cotton candy, and I'm really thirsty, too. Can I have a shake-up lemonade? Dad, I just want to, I want to have some fun, okay, now? We, we got tickets, right? But my dad wasn't talking. He wasn't saying a word. I was just chattering on and on. But I realized something was happening. Dad was walking me away from the games and the food. And now he's walking me through the rides. And the whole time I'm, I'm chattering, but dad's not saying a word. And I'm thinking, oh no, it's ruined. Our day is ruined. I thought it was going to be so wonderful. Sometimes you think I thought walking with the Lord was, was going to be so great, but look, look what I've gone through. Look how I've messed up. I thought I was going to be able to live above sin, but look what I did this week. I, I actually smoked again. I, I actually drank again this week. I drank alcohol. I, I, I actually looked at pornography. I didn't mean to, and I, I, I want to live for God, but look at me. Around and around. Some cycles have to be broken. But let me tell you, friend of mine, you keep coming. You keep running to the altar. Don't run out the door. You're going to break that thing. Yes, you are. 
You're going to get off the devil's Ferris wheel. You're going to break that cycle of unforgiveness. You're going to break that cycle of self-condemnation. You're going to break that cycle of sin. You're, but you've got to put on the new garment. You've got to get in the altar and talk in tongues. You've got to have some power in your life to help you. My eyes are spilling over with tears. I'm not saying anything. I got my little tiny hand in my dad's hand. I'm walking as slow as possible. Because I see the car. My dad's taking me to the car. I thought it was going to be so great. But it's all ruined. Dad's taking me to the car. We get right to the exit and I'm just ready to bust out in tears I'm trying to hold him back when my dad looks down at me and he pats me on my little head and he takes my shoulders and he turns me around he said baby we're going to start this day all over Did you hear me? Baby, we're going to start this day all over. <laughs> it didn't take me long to take off running for the Tilda Whirl. <laughs> and what a wonderful day it was. The Lord sent me today to tell you, you can start all over you can begin again he's waiting right here for you to bring your heart it's going to be so easy nobody has to touch you nobody even has to really be near you there'll be people ready to help you if you want help but this is a very personal decision and all you have to do is come and bring your heart Repent of your sins. I'm going to speak a word of faith in this microphone. And the Lord is going to fill you with His Spirit. Church, would you stand to your feet? And try to withhold any moving around, confusion, distraction. That's what happens at this juncture. And then people are distracted. We don't, we don't want that to happen. If you have never spoken in tongues, you want a ticket. You want to go to heaven. Would you step out of your seat and come right here in the middle? Would you come real quickly? Because today's your day. Right up here in the middle. All right. Somebody else. Lord's going to fill you today. Somebody else coming. Oh, there's more of you that need to come. Come right up here in the middle. There's somebody that hasn't talked in tongues for many years. If you will come, the Lord will refill you today. The Holy Ghost is still there. The devil tries to tell you you lost it. You never lose the Holy Ghost. It's like the ashes of a fire that just need to be kicked a little bit and you'll see the flame underneath. Keep coming. There's a couple more that need to come. You're waiting. Don't wait. Don't wait. All right, all of you look up here at me. 
Are all of you here to get the Holy Ghost the first time? Yes? 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 First time? Yes? No? You want a refilling? You want a healing today? That's what I thought. You know, healings are going to just happen all over this building because of the anointing that's flowing. Do you need the Holy Ghost? All right. And you? And you? And you? You need the Holy Ghost? A refilling. Precious. Okay, somebody else lay down your pride and come. She led the way. And she wants the Holy Ghost, but she's very quiet. I already talked to her before church. You know, the Lord fills you according to your personality. So if you're quiet, it's okay if you just say a couple syllables real quiet. It's still the Holy Ghost. It'll grow. If you're loud, you can speak it out real big and loud. I like for you to speak it loud enough that the devil holds his ears and runs. So if you'll do that, that'll make you feel real good. When the Lord moves in your heart, some people's lips and tongue wiggle. When your lips and tongue wiggle, that's just your mouth getting ready for the Holy Ghost. But an awful lot of people don't have that happen. The words just come to their mind while they're saying, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. And all of a sudden, the words come and they move their mouth. You got to move your mouth. Okay, I need for you to move in this hole right here, back there a little bit. All right, we got really two rows going on. Altar workers, I know you're here and I know you're ready. And I will give you a sign, so be watching me, okay? But what's going to happen is the same thing that happened two weeks ago. 14 filled without anybody touching them. Two weeks before that, 17 filled. Nobody touching them. You don't have to have anybody touching you. If somebody comes along to touch you, they're there to just help you a little. But you really, you can have the Holy Ghost without anybody touching you. Okay? Now, church, if there's any unbelief in the building, you say, oh, well, she's really setting this up, isn't she? Well, let's just see here. Go out to eat. The Lord operates in the realm of faith, not unbelief. Okay? I know there's no one here like that. We're going to do this all together across this entire building. Those of you that want to ask the Lord to clean something out of your life, you want to forgive somebody, I told you I'm leaving the two sides open. You will come in a moment. Just when we, I give the word of faith, you can come and have a place to pray. Okay, I haven't forgotten about you. Every eye closed all over this building. In the name of Jesus, I bind confusion, I bind distraction, I lose peace, I bind doubt and unbelief, and I lose truth. I bind the spirit of fear right now, and I lose faith. Your eyes are closed because you're thinking about Jesus. Get everything else out of your mind except for how he paid the price for your sins. He died on that cross. It cost him everything to buy your ticket. Get a picture of him in your mind reaching toward you with eyes full of love, ready to wrap you in his arms. The second step is to lift your face because you notice everybody hangs their head. Because we feel ashamed, there's no shame. The devil wants you to be ashamed. Feel bad about yourself. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He's not mad at you. Lift your face so he can look right into that beautiful, handsome face he made right into your heart. The third step is to lift both of your hands just so you feel comfortable. 
You don't have to do them too high or, or too low, just what feels comfortable to you. You know why you're doing that? Because you're saying, here I am, Lord. You raised your hands on the cross for me, and here I am. And when you're a little kid and you fall off your bike and you skin your knees, you run to somebody that loves you and you say, hold me. And you lift those hands. Say, hold me. Come on, everybody in the building. Lift your hands if you're able. One mind and one accord. That's it. Get plugged in right now. Come on. Because my worshipers are in the, your seats right now. The Holy Ghost is getting ready to fall. The last thing we're going to do is use our voice. And I want you to repent. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. If something comes to your mind that you've done wrong, ask him to forgive you for it. Specifically, I'm sorry, I lied. Lord, I'm sorry that, that I have this addictive spirit. I have these addictions, Lord. Repent of each one of them. Come on, all across this building. I'm sorry that I lose my temper. I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, that sometimes I don't make good choices in what I put before my eyes, what I watch. Lord, please forgive me. Come on, we're getting ready for heaven. Across this building, a repentance. Here I am, Lord. I need you, Jesus. There's already tears in the altar. If, if you can cry those tears for Jesus, it's good. Don't, don't hold them back. He loves your tears. You don't have to cry tears to get the Holy Ghost. But it's so wonderful to be sorrowful before the Lord. Come on, everybody. Now, you're using your mouth. Those of you in the altar, your mouth should be moving. Because you're saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Come on, out loud. He's going to use that voice and your mouth to fill you. So you use your voice right now. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm so sorry for the bad things I've done. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You feel that? It's coming like a wave. I feel the Holy Ghost. The wind's blowing just like it did on the day of Pentecost. It's here. Oh, yes, he's getting ready to fill you. Yeah, he might come for the day's over. This is what's going to take you up when he comes. Now, across this building, I want you to let that wave hit you all over the building you're going to begin to speak with tongues in your seats receive the Holy Ghost go ahead and speak it receive the Holy Ghost those of you on the front row go ahead and talk in tongues receive the Holy Ghost receive the Holy Ghost come on come on in the name of Jesus the Holy Ghost already fallen I'm waiting to see the first one right here receive the Holy Ghost receive the Holy Ghost take your hand touch her gently on the head receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost already there. There she is. Right there. Right there. Speak that out. Right there. The Holy Ghost already fallen. You don't have to wait for somebody to pray for you. Come on. Go ahead and speak it out. Altar workers, I'd like you to begin to come in right now. But just a touch on the head, that's all they need. In the name of Jesus, singers, will you come? In the name of Jesus, those of you that want deliverance today, you come to the sides. Somebody's going to come and pray for you today. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost.